Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's an interesting day in Colorado politics. This (laughs) is the Chuck and Julie Show True Straight Up with Chuck Bonnewell and Julie Hayden brought to you by by AmericanCitizenPress.com. Tom Tancredo has another good column up in there, too, um, about why on earth is Jared Polis suddenly pardoning people without waiting for judges at all. Um, that, that's a whole different thing. But America is because he can mm-hmm. America citizen press.com. Um, and also Dr. Julie McCallum with Denver Synergetics. Hey, today, a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Happy vaccine mandate day. Yeah. Today is the day. Theoretically, the federal government's vaccine mandate goes, um, into goes into effect, although it's creating all kinds of problems all over the place. Poor Biden getting attacked, attacked, attacked. And as we first kind of predicted last week, Week, um, the Dems are really starting to change their narrative on this. The media is slow to follow. They do not want to give up their panic porn. Um, but as I'm saying, panic porn is being replaced by bare shelves Biden. And the Democrats have a lot to worry about there. Well, the Democrats have two issues they've been, they've been counting on. One is COVID, in which Biden had his highest rating, and so that has tumulted down. And the second was making January 6th a day in which Republicans and Democrats agree that Democrats are wonderful and <laughs> Republicans stink. <laughs> you only got uh, Liz and Darth Vader J- uh, Cheney to, to agree with them. And Sandra, Sandra is like, I heard that Jared Polis also has a new domain name, Polis for President. <laughs> you aren't kidding, Sandra. He's got a whole thing set up. Yeah, Jared Polis is no longer talking to a Colorado audience. He's talking to a national audience. And well, he should. But and- we've got with us for Colorado hands, Weston he is the son of congressional candidate Laurel Ira, and he's also the campaign manager. So, Weston, great to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry Laurel couldn't be with you guys today. She is dealing with some family stuff. Uh, our family's been recovering from COVID for the past several days, and uh, my uncle took a turn for the worse. So, she's dealing oh. with that. Yeah, so I'm we'll handling send. the campaign today. There you go. We'll we'll mail in or we won't mail in. We'll send good thoughts and prayers and hope everybody gets better soon. Okay, well, the big news today, Ed Perlmutter, who's been representing CD7 for a while, now a Democrat, decided that he is not going to seek re-election. He almost didn't the last exactly. time around, but then he thought it was going to be easy, so he figured he'd do, he'd do it. Um, this yep. year, a little bit different. Um, so he's dropping out of the race. Um, he is. Um, and I'm going to read a bunch of stuff because there's a lot of funny reactions to this. And Wes, just if anybody had any reason why they should vote for Laurel and not other candidates, this will become clear after I read the other candidates' response. Well, let's, let's exactly. just kind of tell a little of, of, of the inside baseball on it. The Washington Post uh, indicated that and under their analysis, um, CD7 was a plus 22 for Biden. Um, mm-hmm. And when the new lines were drawn, it's only plus 14. That's still a significant lead. And that is and that is not even the correct data. So uh, right. CD7 currently is a D plus 6.9%. So it's very, oh. 
tight, very, yeah, very, very tight margin for this race. We're only down by 2.4 percentage points in voter registration this cycle. So we have a chance here to take back not only CD7, but we have a chance to take back the House, both with CD7 and CD8 in Colorado, where we have that chance. And I want to read you Laurel's statement really quick. So uh, Laurel's statement today after hearing the news is Ed Perlmutter is no different than any other 2022 Democratic dropout. He didn't want to lose his reelection bid in 2022. He can see a red wave is coming in the midterms, and we look forward to seeing this race through to the end. We wish Ed Perlmutter a comfortable retirement, but we are thankful Colorado will be receiving new leadership in the seventh. Let's put America first in CD7 and let's take back the House. Laurel Eimer, Republican candidate for Colorado 7th. Yeah, that was a very good. Now, let me listen. Well, let me, let let me, me, read- let me stand up for the Washington Post. Theirs is not based on Democrat, Republican. It's what uh, the state went for on Biden on that day uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, four years ago and compared to what that vote would have been today. So it's a different metric. But the same thing, yeah. it's significantly cut down from before, uh, certainly Democratic leaning. But uh, this, these are in a normal year. This might be a, a safe Democratic seat, I think, uh, now without an incumbent, it leans Democrat, but anything could happen. Well, and again, your okay. statement is great. I mean, it's hard hitting. He's no different. He's dropping out because he's going to lose, right? This is exactly. what the other primary challenger, and I just want to, and we'll have, we've had him on our show before. We're going to have him on again, but this is what, what Eric Auckland had to say. Blah, blah, blah. He's retiring. Um, he thanked Perlmutter for his eight terms of service in Congress. Um, Cong- this is a quote, Congressman Perlmutter has served his district for almost two decades, putting aside personal ambition to represent CD7. He also gave of his time to serve in the state and legislature. I thank him for his dedication and look forward to debating and discussing new ideas. I mean, give me a freaking break, Eric. What the frick? I mean, I've been channeling my inner rev. It's like, I mean, Ed Perlmutter is trying to destroy America. It's like, yeah, he's voted. See, and Odlin's campaign has themselves have highlighted that Perlmutter voted with Nancy Pelosi 95% of the time during his time in Congress. And that alone right there should say that he's been voting actively to destroy America, turn it more to a socialist country yeah. for decades. And now we have a candidate that we, you know, I could not see a, a, a sharper contrast exactly. between these two candidates. So, you know, and, and this is as an independent pundit looking at this. We have a very middle of the road, milk toast Republican uh, in Eric Odland. And then you have a Trump Republican conservative, in a way, trailblazer, Laurel Eimer, coming in trying to be another one of those firebrands in the U.S. Congress. And, you know, I get so many comments and emails of why is not Laurel playing to the center? Why is she being a true conservative in this race? And I have to reply with, why would you not be a true conservative in this race? This is a time when we are going to see a red wave like we've never seen before in this country. And CD7 is a battleground now. Colorado Politics said it this morning in their article from Ernest Lunning that that CD7 just became a battleground. And now is the time that we have to fight and we can win this seat. But it takes your support. And so, folks, I want to encourage you, and I hope you don't mind me doing this. We need your donations. So uh, please donate today. Go to laureleimerforcongress.com. We'll be sharing this video, obviously, but we need your support because now more than ever, we need to show uh, the Republicans in Colorado that we're going to take the lead in this race and that we are the true frontrunners. There may be one other candidate who will come in who said he'll make up his mind, and and that's Colin Larson, who is the lowest. Lowest ranked Republican on the Liberty scorecard. And if he does come in, I I think he'll be running on the same lane 
as Eric, Eric and uh, they'll be fighting for the the mushy the mushy center. the mushy middle. Yeah, yeah. well, th- this race has come down to the mushy middle or the true conservatives, and you know I see, foresee an issue here with the open primary. You know, Laurel supported yeah. dropping out of the open primary, um, and there's going to be more coming out on that in, in the coming weeks, as you both know. Um, but this open primary allows unaffiliated voters to vote for the candidate. And so what we're going to see happen now in this race is you're going to have Colin Larson, you're going to have Eric Odland, and you're going to have Laura Limer. The independents and unaffiliated are probably going to side with Eric or, or Colin in this race. But the true conservatives know who they're going to support, and they're going to support Laura Limer because well, she's and the good part. And the good part is the Democrats may also have. I mean, Brittany Patterson. Patterson is. Well, I mean, lead, that's an ideal yeah. And I'm hearing. But, but, yeah, but and I'm also hearing Monica Duran. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I'm also hearing Monica Duran from my sources in the Democrat Party. I'm hearing Monica Duran um, and possibly um, a very powerful uh, Chris Kennedy, uh, State Senator Chris Kennedy. Okay. Uh, so okay. those are two other names we're hearing. But I also want to add here that Colorado is more red than people would like to believe. I agree. And Laurel is the candidate that needs to come through this race, and she will. We have the team well, to, and strategy to do it. Here's what here's what I like about Laurel. I mean, for years, she's been, I mean, she was involved in the Trump campaign. Yeah. You know where Laurel stands. And this is what I yeah. see is, if you don't like it, then don't vote for her. I mean, don't vote for some wishy-washy guy. Yeah. Who's- Ed Perlmutter thanking him for his freaking dedication to our, I mean, and he did his dedication to destroy Colorado. Give me a break. Here, let me just for fun though, just for fun, and I'll get you in this. So Kyle Clark was tweeting. So Christy Porton Brown put out what I thought was actually a good, her her statement was very similar to your statement, right? And Kyle Clark said, this is, while we disagreed on politics, Congressman Perlmutter served for decades. We thank him for his service. The Colorado GOP did not say today in a statement. Now, thank goodness, Chrissy Burton Brown snapped back. Great job reporting the news so objectively, Kyle Clark. Last time I checked, my job was not to praise the Dems. Instead, we're going to win the seat. Thanks for playing and confirming your bias again. (laughs) So even Chrissy Burton Brown is, I mean, is Kyle Clark Oblin's press releases these days because that's a bad move you know it very well could be that i don't know you know i don't know who's writing the press releases over there but uh, i can tell you what they're not doing a very good job of it um and let me also tell you so you know christy burton brown uh, went this morning when i read her statement so actually the first person that called me and i i, I want this known as is, is chuck you know chuck you were the first person to call me this morning and said did you hear about perlmutter and i hadn't heard anything so i literally i got your voicemail and I was like, okay, what's going on? And so I checked my email, and the next thing I see is Christy Burton Brown's statement. And I immediately knew then when we saw that, and, and I talked with Laurel and, and our team, and we decided we wanted to try and echo what she said because it's right. exactly the case. You've now got over 26 House Democrats right. not seeking reelection because they know that they're going to lose. They know that their radical leftist agenda with AOC and the squad is going to sink them in these midterms. And there's nothing they can do to change that. They've right. already made their bed. Now they have to sleep in it. And we're going to take back this House race and we're going to take back the House nationally. And we have the infrastructure in place in Colorado. We have the team in place in Colorado. And I honestly, I don't foresee the voters siding with Colin Larson. And let me tell you one thing. Colin Larson, no one knows this, did a poll last week because we got polled ourselves at our house uh, (laughs) with a telephone poll, was a 30-minute call answering dozens of questions. Um, And this is a tens of thousand dollar poll here. Somebody put money money into this, and I think we all know who that is. I'm not going to name names. But uh, a very highly powerful Colorado donor uh, probably foot the bill for that poll because he wants him in the race so bad. 
And that poll was so expensive. If he would have taken that money and put it towards the victory fund for any of these races, for the RNC, for the NRCC, we could make a real difference with that money. But no, instead, he's going to use it on a poll for himself to just prove what we already know, which is that he's never going to win this race. Right, right. Well, and again, you know, I don't know if you're seeing the comments, Wes, but everybody's saying you should run. Um, (laughs) No, not my time. Not my time. Vote for Laurel. Um, No, exactly, exactly. But it's it is just and we won't keep you long because I know you guys have so much going on. I, I just think the, the Perlmutter thing, it was on the front page of the Daily Mail, which is not even a political oriented, you know, yeah. um, website. Right. I mean, it's talking about um, the fact that he's one of 26, as you said, who are retiring. So yeah. I think, you know, and again, if the, the left, I think the left is going to try really hard to keep people like Brittany Pedersen, who doesn't get much more radical out of it. Yeah, but no, they won't. You don't no, think no. they may. So, no. I mean, good luck to you guys. And let me have ask you one more time with Perlmutter stepping out I think that that changes the dynamics I think there's going to be money coming into Colorado the primary becomes I think much more of a battle than it would have been it does so where and and moreover you know it's it's going to be interesting because I think Republicans in Colorado are going to have a chance to vote in the in the uh, seventh now in the eighth the new eighth which we're in um Dave Williams versus um, um Lamborn. Lamborn. And now for governor, uh, I guess, uh, uh, or senator, uh, Quorum is coming in. Uh, Maybe Don Quorum. Uh, well, yeah, Don Quorum, yeah. who's about as squishy as you'd ever want him to be. So you're gonna, they're going to have a real choice. I'm sometimes yeah. not sure which way it'll go, but people at least have a choice. Definitely. Well, these Colorado primaries are really getting ruthless. You know, um, with the eighth, we've got several candidates that are all vying for that. We have the seventh now with up to possibly three candidates going to be in this race. And then the Senate with, I think it's seven or eight still in the, in that race. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. And I truly believe and, you know, I was done and I did was uh, featured in an article with Colorado Politics several months ago uh, talking about how I'm banking on the America First strategy and several consultants like me are and several people like us are. You know, I was featured nationally in an article from Business Insider of the top 30 uh, in, of the top 30 millennial and Gen Z conservative pundits to watch wow. in this cycle. And all all of us were, well, thank you. That was months ago. Uh, But uh, they were talking quite a bit about how America first is the message. And that was what I said in that piece is I said, America first is the message that's going to win. People want the policies that put more money in their bank account, more food on the table, and less money in their gas tank. They want that back. People are paying an average of $3 or more at the pump right now in Colorado. That is outrageous. That price was $1.25 when I bought my car in February. February of last year, before Biden's administration destroyed it. And we need to get back to that. And that's what Laurel Imer is pushing. Less money at the gas pump, more money in your bank account, and more money to put food on the table for your families. And that's what we're campaigning on. And that's what we're going to win this race on. And I thank you guys for coming on. And uh, like I said, you know, support Laurel. We need your donations now more than ever. Um, We are being outspent 10 to 1 in this district by the Dems and the Republicans, uh, because the establishment doesn't want to see a Trump candidate take this race. And we need your support. All right, Laura Heimer for Congress.com. Wes, thank you. Good luck to your family. Tell everybody we're thinking of them. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Well, so that's kind of big news, you know. Um, Okay, Steve is like, who's a young man speaking? He's impressive. He is. Yeah, Dr. Don, can you say that again? Everybody's Mm -hmm. like, what a great kid. Laura must be so proud of him. Um, That was Wes Eimer. He's the campaign manager, also Laurel's son. You know, I I think, again, the two statements, 
right, say all you need to know about the two candidates. Eric Odlin is saying what a great guy Ed Perlmutter was and um, gave of his time and, you know, put his personal ambition aside. I have never yet known a politician to put their personal ambition aside to run for office. <laughs> you know, well, it's like he's only going, he's only stepping aside because he knows he can't win. You remember, may remember a little while ago now, it's been probably six years, but when Tom Tancredo yeah. stepped down, did you hear a single Democrat go, oh, I want to thank Tom for his selfless service what to Colorado. Was, right. Was Kyle yeah, Clark yeah, saying, hey, those Democrats, how could they not saying yeah. nice things about Tom Tancredo? What, and what if, can you imagine, what an idiot Kyle Clark is. Um, if Sorry, but um, if, if, sorry, wait, if sorry. Lauren Boebert would decide she wasn't going to run, do you see the Democrats putting out a statement saying that Lauren Boebert was great? That's who Don Corum is running against. Yeah. Is, is Boebert. And, yeah. And, and, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So anyway, I wanted to bring you up to speed on that. It's going to be very interesting to watch as that shakes out. And yeah. Wes is, and if you guys don't know, Chuck and I have both endorsed Laurel. Um, and, I, and I have to say, you know, we've well, had- Well, so did Tom Tancredo. Right. And well, we've had Eric on our show and he- I like Eric. He checked Eric's all the boxes. Guy, uh-huh. But I mean, come on, Eric, this is, we're in a war to save the country, right? Mm-hmm. You don't say those German Nazis, they were great guys. They put us at their personal really ambition. I mean- Yeah, I mean, you just don't do that. It's give me a break. I wanted to switch gears a little bit, though, because today I was talking about, oh, did Peter um, Boyles endorse Laurel? I'm not sure if Peter has endorsed anybody. No, he he loves her. Okay, and then Sandra's like, wasn't Tom Tancredo behind Eric? No, Um, Tom Tancredo came out when Eric entered the race and said that he was, he he had been endorsing Laurel. We've seen him at fundraisers. He endorsed endorsed Eric for uh, when he ran for Senate. When he uh, switched races, got out of the Senate race, uh, people asked him again, well, are you going to change your endorsement? He said, no, I haven't endorsed uh, Laurel Imer. So. so there we go for that. But why don't talk about now the panic porn is flailing. And meanwhile, that's sort of meanwhile, the um, bear shelves Biden is trending all over the place. But so the, the, let's make, talk about the Supreme Court judge first and then grocery store shelves. Why not? Okay. So, uh, you know, the vaccine mandate was supposed to go into effect today. Um, it's the Supreme Court is deciding it looks anytime, now. anytime now. I mean, you know what? It's supposed to go into effect today. So, you know, don't yeah. don't hurry or anything like that. You've got the entire company, the countries, everybody's <laughs> waiting to see what you're going to do. Um, meanwhile, though, I thought this was interesting, as you know, because we talked about it on our show. Justice um, Sotomayor um, talked about in the arguments, the hundred thousand kids really sick and on ventilators and things and... like that, which is just a total lie. And it's not a lie. It's so much as just grossly misinformed where it's easy to check. Right. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, it's, you got to be not so bright to make statements based on no one can, someone can figure out some of the other liberal Supreme Court justices, you know, put, you know, doubled it or tripled it or 10 times it, but they, you'd see where they got the number and read 750 zero million. And, right. Know, they added it. But no one knows where this came from. And and so it came from a clerk or maybe she's came delusional from a, or came from a narrative. She's trying to push a narrative that is falling apart all over the place. Now, Biden's being criticized later this week. His, his staff is meeting with Congress to try to explain what they're 
plan is. Yeah. He's going to talk. Through. I think he already. I thought he told us the plan first. He said it was death and destruction. The de- you know winter of death and misery yeah. that didn't go for well. So then they were the like, everyone should hurry up and get vaccinated. But now everybody and their mother who's been vaccinated um, has got the has 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 COVID, and so they're like, oh. So they're trying to come up between now and Thursday with the new strategy. But what I found interesting is that Sotomayor is being criticized not just by people like us, but Washington Post. You know the view. Well, the view. <laughs> When you lose the view and you're on the left, you're in trouble. And even you're in trouble. I want to play a soundbite because Brett Baer, even who I think is kind of a weasel on Fox, even he (laughs) went after her a little bit. And the CDC tried to be weasley about it, but also didn't cover. So Thomas, if we could play the CDC by being weasley, this is a Brett Baer asking um, the CDC about are there really a hundred thousand kids in the hospital? The CDC bite, please. No, but. in the fate of the president's vaccine mandates. In the questioning, Justice Sonia Sotomayor made this statement. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Now, we can find from Friday suggests there are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true? Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Understood. But the number is not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. Yes, there are. And in fact, what I will say is, while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15-fold less than hospitalizations of our older age age demographic. And they've also talked about the fact that while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're not pediatric hospitalizations that are a result of COVID, (laughs) right? That's not from COVID. Um, The CDC is now starting to distinguish between with and from, and they're trying to make other people distinguish that. What did she finally acknowledge that 75% of the deaths had four, at least four comorbidities? How many comorbidities do you need? I mean, you guys, it's fascinating to watch them try to pivot in real time here as they realize, because what a poll came out that said like 37% of the people this year compared to 53% last year said COVID was one of their top priorities. Instead, some like 63% said the economy, inflation, money is their top priority. So the Democrats are having a hard time weaning the mass media from the COVID panic porn, but they're working hard to do it. Even the New York Times is admitting, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't close down schools. Jared Polis said the pandemic's over, time to get on. But our teachers need more time off. We can't endanger them. They're they're frontline workers and, and everything else. And those hardworking Chicago school teachers, what are they supposed to do? They took a year and a half off, and now they put in a couple months. They're exhausted. They're exhausted. Uh, this and, is from, and they're in danger. This, Very this, much in danger. This from Steve. We're all going to die. Get vaccinated. We will all die. They're trying to change that, Steve. They're just trying to say only some of us will die now. Um, the, the PQs, that's a pediatric ICUs, are filling up with patients suffering from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Does anyone 
and die with COVID or from COVID. CD, exactly. CDC says they don't know. They don't so, know. Well, because here's the thing, Steve, they didn't care, right? As long as they had a death, they could. They were going to call it whatever they wanted, and hospitals were happy to cooperate because they got, got reimbursed. They got reimbursed. Now, all of a sudden, three years <laughs> hey. later, people are tired of people dying from COVID. No one cares. So they're trying to say, oh, actually, no one's dying from COVID anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it can keep in mind, they keep saying Omicron variant, right? Here's the deal. Um, the, the tests that they do, like the little fast rapid test that you do, it can't tell the difference between the variant, right? So that's, again, them just gaslighting us, saying, well, it's not our fault, right? We had the vaccine, the Omicron variant. We didn't see that coming, although even- Well, the best part is, you know, if, if, you, if you work uh, for the government, you want to take a test because that gives you 10 days off or five days off, depending on the one. And then you want to keep on testing right. because it can- continue on for as much as 12 weeks as well as some false positives so you won't have to go to work till midsummer which is just excellent for us all if you're working for the government and well here's the thing charlene says they're in the last gas to try to get everyone vaxxed before people find out how many vaxxed people are dying exactly charlene i think that that i've said that all along they want to get rid of the control group they want to get rid of the unvaccinated people so they can't tell because even now you're starting to see more and more kind of mainstream sort of people talking about natural immunity. They're starting to acknowledge that that could be a thing. And I'm just well, going to raise this up. Thing. <laughs> I'm just going to say this up. So Bab Sackett, right? The guy who was in Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos was found um, dead Ooh. in his hotel room. Um, Bob Sackett. Um, I oh, know. Still oh, who? Oh, well, no, he's a pretty famous guy. No, he's not a pretty famous oh, guy. Let me finish he, my point. He's a grade D uh, actor. But he was a big grade D actor. He was in America's Funniest Home Videos, Chuck, oh, for God's God. sake. Oh, my God. I mean, everybody knows oh who he is. God, what a, what a giant of the profession. I used to get, him, con- get him confused with a guy in Blue's Clues because they kind of look like yeah. But anyway. Well, anyway, he's I'm, really famous and me, you should care. Let me finish my point, though. No. My point was that he... Um, totally healthy, did a show, um, died in his hotel room, apparently oh. no foul play, no drugs, um, did not appear to have some kind of you know health struggle or anything like that, according to the sources at the Daily Mail. But he did. He was fully vaccinated uh-huh. and got his booster shot a month ago. Uh-huh. Now, I'm just wondering. I, I mean, I'm just raising that question. We are hearing more and more about young athletes just dying, right? I mean, we're hearing about people just dying. And Charlene, you're absolutely right. They do not want anyone talking about that. But the more that information gets on, they've got a lot of reasons now, the Dems, to try to pivot to get rid of this COVID variant. Well, it's interesting when Karen Cataline went on um, the Mike Rosen, who was substituting for Mandy Connell, she pointed out athletes were dying. And he's going, what? Which athlete? Name the athlete. But there's stories all over the place. That young soccer players and other people are getting these heart attacks. And it's like, oh, no, 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 there's no such thing. I, I imagine, when, well, we'll never, who knows? You know, like, it used to be people kind of felt, well, the truth will win out at the end. Now you don't quite No, you don't confident. think so. Oh, here we have some comments. It's like, so Steve said, Charlene said, I don't know if he was a perv. I think he might be getting infused with somebody else. I don't know. Steve says, not everybody. Julia had no idea who Bob was. I've led a sheltered life. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> although Dr. Donner heard that right, about him too. Right. I just remember because, because when Jenny, He's really famous. Come on, Charlie. You should have known that. Listen, it's like I not knowing know. who Shakespeare is. I mean, I never, come on. I never know who anyone is. When yes, I go on yeah. TMZ, I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? But I know because he would. But he knew Bob's like. Because he did. When, when Jenny, he did funny so much. 
when video. Jenny but you was all little, watched. I hated we that show. It. I hated that show, but Jenny loved it when oh, she was so little, so we watched it. Great death yeah. Of, so, of but at any rate, great Here's the thing. They're they're. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that because I. It's a question, right? And again, it's hard to prove. What did he die of? I'm sure in the end, it's some kind of heart issue, right? That's why you die. Um, but in the meantime, I think uh, they're not going to want to talk about that at all. Okay, good. Oh, so, okay, Thomas, our producer, knew who he was. His sister loved Full House as a kid. Oh, Thomas. <laughs> Here's this from Steve. A 20-year-old minor league baseball player died. 18-year-old quarterback has shoulder surgery, dies. Dad says it wasn't from the surgery, so why did they die? Yeah, exactly. And what about these VIRS reports? So I've got to think they're not going to easily give up the vaccine mandate push. It's going to die slow down. But I think, and, and the Supreme Court, you got to wonder if you're them. You look at AOC has it, half the people on The View and the and the the CBS morning shows. I mean, all these famous people are now um, celebrities who push the vaccine are coming down with it. So if the vaccine doesn't work, what's but the can point? Kill you. But can kill you. Exactly. You ought to take and you don't have any of the comorbidities that the CDC acknowledges. You, you know, it's like it's going to be harder and harder. So you know, I don't know, the Supreme Court, you never know what they might do if they could no, take their time. But I want to play another sort of funny bite, because again, what you're watching in real time is just how the Dems and the corporate media and the deep state all kind of work together, together to put out a message. But it's kind of funny to watch when some of them, excuse me, want to give up the message and the others don't. Again, you know, they keep pushing the media because they love, they love their panic porn. They, they, they don't have anything else. They don't have anything else. I mean, they love panic porn, whether it's West Nile virus. When it was Ebola, I remember doing stories. It's not a matter of when people die in Denver from Ebola or not if, it's when they're going to die, blah, blah, blah. We did a story about the Ebola unit they'd set up at Denver Health Medical. They never needed any of it, right? Um, but the media loves that. Like I said, the theory was scare them reassure him, scare him, reassure him, tell him your house is going to burn down in a fire, but here's how you save your belongings if it does. I mean, that's media 101, and they don't want to give up COVID, but the Biden administration is trying to make them because it's not going well. You've got the New York Times now, even the Washington Post sort of saying, well, maybe we won't all die, but CNN does not want to give it up. Um, this was a pretty funny soundbite exchange where they were talking about, how oh, come? I mean, our ratings are plummeting. No one seems to be listening to us. Thomas, if we could play the out-of-touch soundbite. This is on CNN. Overly broad question for you, okay? Is the media at this point out of touch with the public about COVID? I, I think it's hard to argue that, uh, you know, the media is a, a large uh, group of people, but a lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be very out of touch with people. I mean, if you travel the country, people are not really living in the same uh, bubble that it seems that uh, most of the media is messaging toward. And, right. and so, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think this is an issue because if people are tuning out, uh, what's going on in cable news, if we're not messaging toward uh, the general population, um, you know, they're, they're just you know, ignoring everything and, and living their lives. Uh, and, and we're not really getting the information that they need to them. <laughs> Does that, I mean, how typical CNN, they miss the point. The, the point is they're like, look, we're trying to feed this misinformation to people and they're believing, they're believing their lying eyes. And so how do we get them to believe our lies and not their that own eyes? I, I mean, that. oh yeah, it's like- Play that one more time. I got to say that one more time. Play that one more time. All right, TJ, if you, can you play it one more time for Chuck? 
You may have to reset it. Oh, uh -oh. wait. Big overly broad question for you, okay? Is the media at this point out of touch with the public about COVID? I, I think it's hard to argue that, uh, you know, the media is a, a large uh, group of people, but a lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be very out of touch with people. I mean, if you travel the country, people are not really living in the same uh, bubble that it seems that uh, most of the media is messaging toward. And, right. and so, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think this is an issue because if people are tuning out, uh, what's going on in cable news, if we're not messaging toward uh, the general population, um, you know, they're, they're just, you know, ignoring everything and, and living their lives. Uh, and, and we're not really getting the information that they need to them. Yeah. <laughs> how, how will they have? That's we... the death of the Democratic Party. right, right. There. Well, like, that's... They're, they're not getting the information they need. <laughs> kind of like, really? <laughs> Really? They think they're getting the information they need. Well, if cable news, no, cable news is, it's just not CNN or MSNBC. It's it's over on the Fox channel, by and large. And another interesting one, which doesn't really relate oh, to Oh, yeah, this else. is from Leo. Like, does he mean like Bette Midler messaging to West Virginians? Yeah. Exactly. Right. She tried to tell them they were yeah. toothless idiots and they didn't listen. And, and so they had uh, Jesse Walters, Waters is now taking over the seven o'clock spot which may not seem like a big thing, but he has gone, you know, pretty conservative and they keep on moving that spot and more and more away from their, you know, middle of the road squishes. So Martha McCallum gets pushed farther and farther and farther back. Chris Wallace resigns. resigns. And, and uh, so it's, it's uh, and I see better and somebody better. has put their camera on. Did you want to jump in? On Zoom there? I can't see who it is. Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Jacob, did you want to talk? No, do... I just wanted to. I just wanted to say one thing. You know, Walensky said at seventy-five percent. You know, like I wrote above. You know, at the seventy-five percent that it wasn't really COVID. It was with COVID, not from COVID. Had I said that last year or written that last year on Facebook, I would have been deleted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, here's the funny thing: you would still be deleted today. I mean, you're right, Jacob. Everything that we've been saying, and you guys have been saying, and we've all been saying for a year, right? Now the CDC okay. is saying, "Well, actually, that's all true." Yeah. <laughs> but then, but but you have the CNN guy saying, "Well, they're not getting the information that's needed." Okay, right. and and here you got Facebook cutting it out. Well, exactly. Well, there's only some information is more equal than other information in this world that we live in now, Jacob. And I think that has a lot to do with it, too. So where do you see this going? Do you think because Biden clearly is trying to um, pivot from COVID, doesn't want to talk about it anymore because it's not going well. How do you see this playing out? Are we going to be wearing masks for the rest of our lives, do you think? I, I think it's all. I think I think it's all coming apart. Yeah, I think it's all coming apart, and I'll tell you why. There was Beck, uh, what's his name? Glenn Beck had Slensky on today. Uh -huh. You know, he's the doctor up in uh, New York that pushes right. the sink and the hydrochloric over. And I uh, hear that the COVID cells are rimmed inside water and oil, uh, oil, and that even though you have that protein spike, it can't be absorbed by the cell you need the zinc huh? you need the zinc to break down the cell so if, if that's the case then you needed the therapeutics to start with forget the vaccine and i think and i think that's that's all going to come out now 
Okay, oh, thanks, Jacob. Yeah, we appreciate Jacob, it. Thank you. I love okay. it. You guys, anyone else wants to comment too, we'd love to have you comment on Zoom. Just go ahead and unmute yourself um, and turn your, you know. You may want to point your uh, computer to your face. That's all right. All right, Jacob, thank you. I see we got thank you. Jacob. If you want to go ahead That's and That's not my computer. It's my home. How do I unmute myself? That's see, see where that little microphone is down at the bottom? See where there's a little microphone at the bottom of the screen and it says mute or unmute. There, you just did it. Perfect. You're going to run our show next week. Um, Okay. I see Karen Campbell in there. Karen, you want to weigh in? Go ahead and jump in. Only because I loved the video. Isn't that great? Basically the video, they said they're living their lives. Oh, we can have that. I, I love the Sistine Chapel you, background, you, whoever it is. I know, are you? Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. That's, um, Did you do that's that actually, this weekend? Did that's you paint a painting that is about liberty. How about oh, that? Okay. I love it. Did you Did you and your husband do that over the weekend? Didn't you oh, hardly. No, no, yeah. no. Um, but I used it for my uh, website because uh, I was looking up wiki, whatever, something that I could use without getting sued. And it's called Liberty. So I oh, thought that cool. was really great. Well, what do you make of this? Like I said, we're watching this attempt to pivot in real time. And the media doesn't want to give it up. The CDC doesn't want to give it up. Fauci doesn't want to give it up. But I think there's some people in, like Jared Polis is like, pandemic over, moving on, not talking about it anymore. Um, and if you stupid people at the Tri-County Health Department want to have a mandate, that's on you. I mean, where do you, how do you, to me, I think Jacob's right. It's falling apart in real time as we watch. But what do you think? I hate to say it, but I'm going to be Chuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am not optimistic that it will go away because they never stop. They never give up. They will never quit. Have you noticed how they try one thing? It doesn't work. They just keep trying another thing, another thing, another thing. There is never a time. They are utterly incapable of saying, you know what? We were wrong. They can't do that. (laughs) Remember when we were hearing about contact tracing? Right. What they do is they drop these little bombs on people. People become hysterical and on that almost rightfully so. And then you don't hear anything more about it and they move on to the next thing. Here's uh, my theory though. Yeah. I think, cause I, once again, we should do the whole Julie was right again show. So it'd be fairly short, but it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be <a> lot of fun. <laughs> we could do a segment. <laughs> I might have to go back into, you know, when I was seven, but at any rate, I've been saying all along that their new thing is going to be this January 6th. And anyone who did not denounce the uh, January 6th deal is a domestic terrorist. And I said, they're going to be using it to try to keep people from running, not only Trump, but people like Ron Hanks in the 2022 election. Today, that group that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. the freedom of free people for speech or something like that, filed a lawsuit in some other state to try to prevent Madison Carthorne. Right. A current congressperson, right, from running again because the person did not denounce it. So I think that, I mean, if they can call us all terrorists and just put us in jail, I mean, that's so much more effective. Yeah, but it's not mutually exclusive because- Unfortunately, the left, these radicals who live for authoritarianism and tyranny, uh, they walk and chew gum and they do everything all at the same time. They can say there are 57 genders and abuse children and open the borders and bully and intimidate law-abiding citizens and let criminals out of jail and (laughs) on and on and on it goes. Did you send a... 
Did you send to Mike Rosen all these reports of athletes keeling over in soccer fields and everything else? It's sent to Bob Saget now, too, I think, even though. Yeah, and you notice how you never hear what they died of anymore. No. And and even if they find out about it, that the person just keels over, if if they even say a word about it, it ends up on page 44 at the bottom of the page. But we're not allowed to ask. We're not allowed to ask anything anymore. And your point about Mike Rosen is fascinating. I mean, I run this stuff through my head because I had, for the listeners, a debate with Mike Rosen because he asked me to. And it's hard for me to keep my civil head when people like Mike Rosen, such a cornerstone of uh, supposed conservatism has bought the lie, hook, line, and sinker, and he's even demonizing people who chose not to take the vaccine. Well, yeah, it's like, which doesn't work. This is from Jacob, Karen. He says they died from a slight cause of death, (laughs) a slight case of death. (laughs) Exactly. But no, you're right. And I think it it is falling apart as all of them are getting COVID now. And, you know, you're triple vax, you've got the booster, you've got all of this, and and then you're still getting COVID. And then they try to tell us, well, they just aren't getting as sick as they would have. How do they know that? They don't. They don't don't know it, but they do know how to make people sicker by giving them remdesivir in the hospital. at some point, you have to stop trusting the people that clearly have shown they're trying to harm you. Right. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, agree with you. let's yeah. face it. All right. Uh, anyway, I just loved it. They're living their lives. We <laughs> them How dare they? We're How dare they? they? <laughs> they're not getting the misinformation they need. <laughs> I know. How on earth can they be fall become our serfs if they don't get the misinformation? <laughs> hey, Karen, exactly. go ahead and plug what's going on with you because I, I love your... Well, actually, we have unveiled a new show. And, yes. Um, it's very exciting, if I do say so myself. And frankly, that is not the reason I called you to give a shame. I know, well. but I, I know you... I know. But we're really unveiling it right away. I'm working with, I'm part of a team. How about that? His name is Erskine. He's been in radio for 30 plus years. He has over 50 stations, terrestrial and otherwise. Uh, And uh, BBS is helping us record and engineer the program. But then the program goes out over the weekends to lots and lots of stations and over the internet. It's called Truth Express Radio. And no, we didn't steal it from you, but we, it sounds like we did. <laughs> That's all right. The nice thing is I'm working as part of a team, not just myself. I don't have to do all of it myself. Everything, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, I'm part of a team too, and yet... I have yet, to do everything. I have to do everything. It's just well, it's well, Chuck ought to, ought to do his own email, I think. But that's another story. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right. Anyway, we have a website. It's called truthexpressradio.com. And um, the first show's already up, but the real official opening is this week. And it'll be out on the weekend. And it's, I don't know, it's just was the next logical thing to do i guess along with all the stuff i'm already doing it's an honor and i guess the most important thing is that we have to we have to stand up use it or lose it oh i gotta tell you we had patrick wood on last week and that hour it was not an hour it was 40 minutes and he talked about of course 
uh, Citizens for Free Speech, that hour was pulled from YouTube because, of course, um, it's misinformation to claim that YouTube and others want to censor you. And that's why they censored us. So essentially, you've officially been censored now. I give you about another two weeks. Yeah, and then you'll be banned. You'll be banned. You'll you'll join the club. I aspire to achieve what you both have achieved. (laughs) We both achieved on terrestrial radio, on YouTube, (laughs) and everything else. Karen, thank you for your time. Good luck in your new venture. That's very exciting. Thank you. All right, there you go. Karen, Kathleen, check that out too. Wanted to then switch gears because here's what, not totally switch gears. um, about why I think the Biden administration is pivoting, and that's because they're being forced to. I mean, polls—they never are really polls. pivot; they just stumble. Well, right. They, well, because fumble, stumble. Like I said, bare shelves. Biden is trending all over the place, and wanted to say, go ahead and comment in the comment sections, or if you want to call in. 888-627-6008. Or if you're on Zoom, do like uh, Karen and Jacob did, unmute yourself. But wanted to talk about your experiences at the grocery store. I mean, prices- Lines have been horrible. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck's- <laughs> That's just horrendous. Chuck, I, I think believe. if you were to ask Chuck, where is the King Supers? He'd be like, hmm, I don't we know. Have King Su- what, is there, what is, is, it, is, is there a King Supers? Do they have those? What is the King Supers? Um, or Target. Have you ever never been in a Target? Uh, because it's in Glendale, remember? Oh, that's right. Okay, only for business purposes, not actually shopping. I had, and, and I, anyway, I had to, I had to uh, negotiate, approve their, the deal. their permits. Anyway, so this I thought was outrageous. For whatever reason, in our family, we like the Fritos with the big scoops, right? Can't find them anywhere. I mean, they've been every so often you'll see a bag, like a lone bag, little sitting, one bag. and like there's all the glass case, you know. Right. You, you got to break it. You, gotta, you have to have a key to get there to release it. And so I thought, well, I'll just go on Amazon. I know I hate Amazon, but I just thought, so at, at first I saw it and it was like $17. I'm like, oh, good. You know, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they'd send you a bunch. But then I look closer. So a normal bag of these Fritos, and we're just talking a regular sort bag of Fritos guys that would normally sell at the grocery store for about four bucks was going for $17 on Amazon and it said order now only 20 left in stock I'm like what the heck is going on with with Fritos same thing with certain kinds of um, sparkling water that I just can't find it right um well try to get uh Red Bull uh, no catch. It doesn't exist anymore. And it's the other day, not, and I live on that stuff. Exactly. I mean, oh my God. And I was looking at hamburger, right? You know, the little, sometimes I'll buy if I'm making spaghetti or something like the little rolls of hamburger. Um, and what would normally be a King Supers 359 was over $7. It was like, and that was like in a week. And it's like the supply chain thing. Now, do I think some of it is companies raising because they can? Yes. But I do think the supply chain thing is real. I don't think they're keeping the shelves bare. And you see pictures all over the place of this. And this is becoming a real issue for Biden. And I think some of it, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on it. And Chuck, you understand these things too. Some of it was because of the lockdown. It changed food supplies. It changed food bulk storage. It changed where food was going to restaurants or home. um, Production. Production, shipping, trucking. But all of it though, and so some of it I think was probably uh, well, I don't want to say unavoidable because I could have just gotten rid of the stupid lockdowns, right? That would have been helpful um, since now, two years later, we know they didn't accomplish anything um, or almost anything. Okay, who the hell would pay 17 bucks for chips? Well, that's what I'm saying. I No, I did not buy it. I did not buy it. But I was just like, what the heck? You know, um, 
so Steve is like, Leo, I went to King Supers today. There was not a lot there. At least I got my half and half, but the meat selection was lacking. Um, exactly. Although, as Charlene points out, inflation is just a tran- is just transitory <laughs> for the rest of your life, Charlene. This is just transitory. Everything is transitory. So, but here's the thing. Your yeah, life is transitory. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming no one's paying $17 for a bag of chips. I bet they are. But I was reading a thing. There's been there's a huge, and we're about to be hit even worse, potato shortage because during the lockdown, the farmers all dumped their potatoes. They had nothing to do with the potatoes, right? So now we've gone through apparently the bulk storage where they use frozen potatoes to make potato chips and corn and things like that. So all of this is starting to come really to a head. And the experts that I read all say the shortages and the prices. I mean, my daughter was saying, I went to the grocery store. She's like, I bought the exact same thing I always buy. And she said, I thought they made a mistake in ringing it up because I'm like, what? Um, So when you know, people, this is the kind of thing people notice. Um, and the Biden administration, like, what, I can't get Fritos? No. Um, but I think this is the kind of thing, they don't like to talk about the beer shelves and they try to lie about it, but that's like right there in your face, right? right? right. I mean, there are well, a lot you're, of- You're not getting the information that those shelves really are full. It's just it's definition of full. Right, exactly. It was just, you didn't go to the grocery store at the right time. And I think that's a kind of issue also that hits just like, you know, this education issue, soccer moms. I think they're probably a lot of, I'm going to be sexist here, but women out there and maybe men too, but I'm going to guess mostly women uh, who how go. The, how about the trannies? Somehow, maybe this is stereotypical. I just get the impression they might do DoorDash or eat out more. Maybe mm. not. I'm sorry if I've offended anybody there. But no, at any okay. rate, at any rate, I'm talking about just the two genders that I recognize. Yeah. Okay. Not the other 56. Yeah, huh? men and women. <laughs> I think that there are a lot of women who, like me, go to the grocery store pretty much same time every week right, who buy pretty much the same stuff every week. You buy exactly the same. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, not that imaginative. But I mean, so you know, when your bill goes up, you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, I didn't suddenly buy all kinds of different stuff. And then when you look, you're like, I know that usually on Wednesday mornings when I do my grocery shopping, I can usually find this. And all of a sudden for the past three Wednesdays, it's been gone. And I think so much of it can be traced directly to the Biden administration. That's, and their policies. That, that, that's racist, Julie. Oh, right. I forget <laughs> about that. Racist. No question that's racist. And then, and yeah, this is from Cameron. We must reimagine full. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, Charlene, too, costs for utilities. Or this is from Dr. Donna. Costs for utilities are doubling. Steve is like, wait till there's a gas shortage this summer. Remember the 70s gas lines um, and even the rationing? You're, yeah, it's... Um, but we're going to demand that uh, the Russians give us more gas. That's so right. Okay. Yeah, this is from Charlene. My bill has gone up 20%. My weekly um, bill has gone up 20%. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that's starts people noticing and that's a kind of and when you look at the nation's production is going down the workers are not working as much they can't get workers i mean this is a mess and the vaccine mandate is not helping anything the uh the getting rid of the pipelines and and reducing our reliance on our own energy isn't helping um there's so many things that are going on here um i don't blame that promoter for dropping out <laughs> to bring it back from the circle <laughs> and you made a good move and that's you why a mo- let me wrap move. it up that's why 
Wrap it up. God bless people like Laura Eimer and all of you guys, because you know what? It is time to fight. They are on the run. They are pivoting right and left. They're going well, we to do everything they can. We need to thank them for their service, for their selflessness, <laughs> yeah. for their giving to, to each and every one of us a better life. That's so right. Thank you, Ed. And I, just, <laughs> I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And Tom, uh, yes, no one ever thanked you. No Democrat Tom ever Tim, gives you. Tom Tancredo. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Hey, guys, that is going to do it for us. Thank you to everyone for joining in. Thank you for, to, to Wes for joining us. And as always, the great guys at BBS. We'll oh. see you on hump day. And, and we could have a great show. We will have a great we show. We will have a great show. All right. See you all later.